Hi, Peter Bulker here, and welcome to today's edition of the Transition Guy. Now, joining me today in the studio is Noel Andrews, who is CEO of JobRack EU. Hi, Noel. Hey, Peter. Great to uh, great to be here. Yeah, no, great to have you. And re- I'm quite excited about today's episode because one of the biggest challenges that businesses are facing on the sort of in the grand scale of things is people. People has become a massive issue. And also Brexit has played a part on as well, because being an island that's been built on migrant labor, we've had the pandemic, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of good labor leave the UK. They're not rushing back, obviously, with the whole Brexit and work to right right to work in the UK, things are very different. So companies need to think out of the box. And you provide quite an interesting solution where actually you still source that great talent, especially from Eastern Europe, but you do it differently, don't you? Yeah, exactly. That. Our big focus is on you know, helping people hire you know, remote talent, really, really good remote talent. And there's lots of businesses around the world that have been hiring remotely for years. And the entire rest of the world has just woken up to the idea of hiring remotely, courtesy obviously of the, of the pandemic of the last couple of years. And so that now gives some really, really great opportunity for business owners and CEOs to you know, get a higher quality of talent um, that can work remotely, can work absolutely commit to their business, but at really, really great value at kind of you know, at rates they can afford, which oftentimes you know, here in the UK, out in the US and other kind of Western countries, you know, rates are just becoming you know, massively unaffordable. And this is the and this is the key, isn't it? Is actually making sure that the rates are affordable. And if you go back for the last 20 odd years when the whole Eastern bloc sort of became available to say the UK, and you had a lot of the countries joining the EU and you had that free movement of labor, construction, all those workers, they were fantastic. They came over and actually help build the UK economy. But a lot of people didn't think about professional services or professional people. And you had to be in the UK. And the big challenge was that, whereas people would come over, that would be great. But all of a sudden, you had to pay that much higher wage structure because the cost of living in the UK is far greater. Whereas the countries that you've been targeted, what you find is that actually the education level is really high. In fact, it could be arguably said that in many Eastern European countries, education is far better than it is in the UK. So they're very well-educated people. And because they're working in their native country, their cost of living is much lower. Therefore, we're not having to compensate for that in terms of having to artificially raise the price. How have you found people taking to that, though? So... I mean, I've been, uh, I bought JobRack back uh, just over three years ago now. Um, and so there was already a good, you know, kind of good client base that had kind of discovered this, this kind of magical pool of, uh, pool of people, you know, and what and we're loving the benefits that you get from, from hiring from this region of the world, from Eastern Europe. Um, as time has gone on, you know, some of the conversations that I'm having every single day, and I jump on a lot of calls with business owners, with CEOs, and, you know, we'll talk about a couple of key things. You know, they'll raise concerns and they'll say things like, well, what's the English like? And I'll be like, well, generally, it's better than yours or mine. You know, it's really, really strong. As you said, the education system is phenomenal. And that's both kind of technically around, you know, software engineering and kind of technical and you know, engineering type subjects, but also kind of in general. So, you know, they know that 
you know, as countries and as a region of the world that's coming out of, you know, some pretty major hardships over the last kind of 20, 30 years, you know, when you know, there was a lot of kind of war and kind of, uh, kind of conflict. And so there's this work ethic that drives them to say, hey, well, I need to learn, have really, really good English. I need to be able to kind of compete, you know, on a global stage, as it were. And, and then what has happened with, you know, there's plenty of companies, uh, Nike, NCR, many, many others that have set up operations in Eastern Europe. And then now through services like Mind My Job Rack, you know, what we're doing is helping much smaller business owners to, you know, leverage and get access to the same kind of talent. So, you know, we find that it works extremely well. We get lots of questions about, is their English good enough? Yes, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, how, uh, you know, do they work hard? Yes, they've got a work ethic that, you know, far surpasses anything that you'll generally find in, uh, in the Western world. You know, they don't have that sense of entitlement that uh, seems to be sadly so common right now. Um, and they know that they need to work hard in order to progress. And, and thankfully, we're in a situation where, you know, it's not about business owners uh, like you know, profiteering uh, or kind of taking advantage with the rates. It's just, this, you know, we're very, very big here at Job Rack on making sure people are paid fairly for the roles that they do. Um, but their cost of living is lower. So therefore, the, the salaries that they're looking for, you know, stay, you know, are lower than what you'd be, be paying in the kind of UK or US. And typically it's around kind of 50 to 60 percent lower. So for an average business owner that, you know, is, is in growth mode, you know, every pound, every dollar, it all counts. And so if you can hire, you know, one person six months or a year earlier than you otherwise could, or if you can hire two people instead of one, then, hey, that drives growth. That drives means more revenue, more profit. And then kind of it becomes this virtuous circle and you feed it back in. And maybe at some stage you say to yourself, hey, you know, I'll hire locally. Um, you know, I'll hire here first and then maybe I'll hire in the UK or the US later. Almost never happens. Uh, the vast majority of people that come to us, you know, they start hiring Eastern Europe and they keep going because, you know, why would you not? You've got better quality people or people that are just as good quality, if not better, uh, with great language skills, great work ethic. And, you know, for kind of a lower rate, and, you know, it's kind of, uh, it would be crazy not to. It's, it's kind of what we refer to as a no-brainer. In other words, what you're saying is access to great people is easier in those markets, perhaps, than they are over here right now. Because the big challenge we've got over here, if you're a great individual, if you're a great talent, you're already snapped up. Yeah, and therefore, absolutely. the only way you're going to get hold of that talent locally is if you're going to offer something different and really when we're talking about saying different we're talking about more in terms of wages more in terms of benefits so it's artificially driving up the cost within the market and especially right now where i think it's just been announced that uk inflation alone is 5.3 percent which is the fastest rise in 30 years which is absolutely astronomical people are asking for wage rises that are automatically becoming erased straight away through to inflation. So no one's better off apart from the fact that costs keep going up. And most of those costs aren't even able to be passed out to customers because at the, there's a point where customers will stop paying. Exactly that. Exactly. And so what you want to be doing, whether it's you're competing for customers or competing for staff, you want to, you want to go into a pool where you're not competing, where you differentiate yourself. And so if we take an average business owner that we work with that's looking to hire in Eastern Europe, well, they're not competing. You know, you might have a, you know, let's say you're a consultancy, right? Or you're an agency and you're based in London, you're a marketing agency and you SEO people. Well, you can try and hire in London, but you're competing with all of the other SEO agencies that are based in London or marketing agencies that want those same people. 
if you go and come across to Eastern Europe and you look to hire and you know, this is what we do, we help people do this, you know, there's a bigger pool and the only people you're competing with is the other business owners that have discovered hiring remotely from Eastern Europe because the low, you're not competing with the in-country uh, businesses because they're not paying you know, sensible wages. The in-country wages are still really extremely low and the conditions drop from pretty poor. And so you're competing against a much, much smaller, you know, kind of group of people, group of businesses, and that you know drives opportunity. And we've got a huge talent pool available. Um, you know, it takes some hunting out. So you know, sometimes the best people, same as here in the UK, they're not hanging out on job boards. So we have to do some hard work and some active sourcing, and, and that's what we help our, our clients do. We help them, we go out and find the right people for them. And typically, what we're talking about, we're not necessarily talking about low-value roles either, are we? No, we're talking about, you know, people that are really going to make the difference to you and your business. So whether it's, you know, most of what we do is kind of long term committed team members. It can start from part time, though. It can start from maybe just five hours a week while you get going and grow that out. But we do a lot of full time. We do a lot of half time, like 20 hours a week. But these might be people that are they might start as a virtual assistant, but they're enabling you to free up your time so that, you know, you can spend it on kind of much better, higher value things. But a lot of the roles that we do, increasingly, we're doing a lot of operations managers, head of operations. So these are the people that, you know, you've built your business up, but as the owner or CEO, you're still doing an awful lot of the actual delivery and operations yourself. And you, you want and need to pass that off to someone else if you're able to grow. Uh, and I have this exact same thing, you know, the back end of last year. You know, JobRack had grown, we grew 5x last year, uh, which is huge, mm-hmm. not without its pain. Um, because the most important thing to us is that we're delivering a fantastic service. and me personally that is absolutely kind of intrinsic to what i'm about and if when if i at any stage if i have any fears that we're not doing that i start to self-sabotage on the marketing and the sales side of things and i just don't do the marketing things i'm supposed to be doing because i have this fear well if i do the marketing i'll get sales calls if i have sales calls i'll sell and that you know if we haven't got that quality there then that makes it harder and so you know, personally, with job rank, you know, I've invested early in building the team out. I always want to be three steps ahead in terms of our quality of, of delivery. Um, and again, obviously, I have a fully Eastern European team. And that enables me to do that, you know, without too much risk uh, to kind of to drive that that kind of growth. And that's that's the big opportunity is to really get, you know, really senior people, really experienced, switched on people. So in my case, you know, I hired an operations manager. I had a very senior lead recruiter. Uh, I've got some full-time recruitment and sources in place and that, you know, you hire really good people. Um, they're the ones that make the difference, not just, not just kind of excuse the phrase, but kind of people just to do tasks, right? You know, yes, sometimes you have some dull, boring tasks that you want to get off your plate. What you really want is people that can think and do so that they're going to take a task from you. They're going to do the task and then they're going to make it better. And they're going to jump into Zapier, for instance, they look at how to automate it. They're going to streamline things and all, all the time having you and your business in mind so that they can yeah, make it biz- bigger, uh, sorry, bigger and better and help you grow. And here's another question for you. I suppose, are there prejudices against people who say, okay, well, these people are not going to have much in the way of innovation or they're not going to be able to help me grow my business. It's just going to be people perhaps that I need to tell what to do. How do you find the innovation from these candidates their level of experience, them being able to help you build your business without you having to come up with all the ideas. Yeah, so we find it to be to be really, really strong. Like, I mean, like any role, you've got to onboard them, right? And the onboarding is the real, that's where you make a success of hiring. You put the effort when you've got a new team member starting, you put the effort to bring them on board, and on board 
teaching them how you like to work and what you want from them. And then, you know, slowly you give them that autonomy, right? And you kind of, you know, set their expectations and then just kind of let them up with it. And we find it works really, really well. It is intrinsic to, you know, the culture in Eastern Europe. People are very direct in communication style. Wholly different from if you've ever hired from the Philippines or from India, you know, very, very different in terms of how happy they are to challenge you. And as, you know, slightly reserved, softly spoken Brits or Americans, initially it can be like, you know, almost brash. It's like, wow, what just happened? And then you get used to it. And then you're like, there is no going back from this, right? When someone right. calls you out on something that you've done wrong, or if they call you out and say, hey, you know, look, boss, I know you asked me to do it this way, but actually I think it would be better if we did it this way. And you, that's the culture that you want to create. You want to be open to challenge. That's super important. Um, and so culturally, they have that as standard. And experience-wise, you know, you can kind of foster and kind of uh, encourage that more and more. But it, it's something that's just kind of there as standard. And, you know, the, all of the smartest CEOs and business owners that I'm working with, we're all focusing on just encouraging more and more and more of that. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be working 100 hours a week overseeing every task. I want to kind of give a bit of an out, overview of something um an objective an outcome and then let them let them run with it because generally what you want is people that are brighter and smarter and better than you at the things you want them to do no i totally agree and actually when you talk about some of these senior roles i suppose it's going to have to be a mindset shift because if you talk about head of operations a lot of people would still have the ideology that the head of operations need to literally be physically present in the business but that doesn't necessarily need to be the case it's just thinking differently Exactly that. And then that's what the pandemic has forced us to do, right? You know, if you would have asked, there's a whole bunch of businesses that two and a half years ago, if you'd said, oh, you know, you're going to work without your team being in an office, they would have laughed. They'd be like, oh, no, that's not for us. We can't do that. Don't like home working. Well, they've had to. They've had no choice. And now what we're seeing is, you know, some of them ramming their staff back in an office, but a lot of the staff going, yeah, that's not for me. I don't want to do this every day of the week. And sometimes it's great to get together. I'm a big fan of getting the teams together. But, you know, I have a 100% remote team. You know, so far we've not met up as a team yet. We will do this year. That's, I'm really looking forward to that. But, you know, communication is key. We put a lot of effort into it. Um, it doesn't make the slightest bit of difference. All of our work is online. There is no need mm. for us to be in a room. And that is increasingly so. That is the case of so, so many businesses. Um, and, you know, they found that actually they can do it. And the ones that couldn't do it have, have you know, a lot of them have struggled a lot in this last year or two. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, that's opened people's eyes to the fact that, well, hang on a minute. If... I've got an office in London and if I've got some of my team working remotely from a home 20, 30 miles outside of London, what difference does it make if they're 20 or 30 miles away or 300 miles or 3000 miles? It makes exactly. no difference. Align the time zones, have enough crossover, you know, and you're away. And in reality, how much synchronous time do we need with our team each day? A couple of hours is generally plenty. We often aim for like three to four hours, you know, so that means that people, you know, in the U S can hire from Eastern Europe without any problem at all. Same with people in Asia um so that is just rethinking it and just ignoring the the status quo that a lot of these things came from you know henry ford for instance is credited with introducing the five-day working week you know and kind of the two-day weekend so some of this stuff is is from you know decades and decades old doesn't have to be that way now now oh, brilliant and i take it that eventually other people will ca catch on to this and do the same thing so if you look at markets like india and the philippines I mean, they have literally over the years been oversubscribed. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you, know, there's some, you can hire amazing people from all over the world. And the key thing is to figure out what it is you need, uh, what it is you want for your business and what results you need. 
and then you know choosing the right place to hire and that's where you know people like me people like yourself Peter, that you know we help uh, the people that we work with make those kind of decisions and uh, just for a lot of a lot of what i do is just you know telling people that there are choices out there to get the kind of quality people you want at the rates you can afford and, and eastern europe is, is fantastic for that so people want more information about you or they want to connect with you because this is a fascinating topic and this can help so many people where do they go yeah so you simply head to jobrack.eu um, there's plenty of information there. My contact details are there. I'm always happy to jump on kind of hiring clarity calls as well. So if you've got some needs and you want to chat through how to get them, regardless of whether you think it's from Eastern Europe or not, always happy to help out. And you can head to jobrack.eu slash call, C-A-L-L, um, book in just a quick 15-minute call with me. Um, but yeah, head to the website, jobrack.eu, and um, you know, always happy to help people out from there. Wonderful. Now, if anything's resonated with you today, you want a bit more information, especially around hiring, because everyone is struggling with hiring not everyone but so many people right now are struggling with access to talent and maybe how to do things differently head over to balka.com and get in touch no thank you very much it's been an absolutely fantastic and interesting episode remember everyone failing to learn is learning to fail please stay safe no you've been amazing thank you very much